All right, everybody, we are live. Welcome to a midday edition of Elevate Your Grind. But in reality, it is a preview of tonight's very special legal panel. Oh, wait, I forgot to introduce myself. I am Todd Rosales. I am your host, as I always am, taking you on this wonderful journey through the cannabis industry. So, folks, we have an awesome panel tonight. If you haven't registered for it, check it out. Join CLAB.com. Use the code CLAB100 to get in for free. It is not one that you're going to want to miss. It is our legislative update. Get a state of the union on what's going on in cannabis. Um, It's going to be awesome. Definitely check it out. We have no more episodes later today because we are doing our, uh, our legal panel but I was able to snag a good friend of mine who's going to be on the legal panel tonight. And because I'm an impatient person and I like to give you guys as much exclusive content as I can, I figured I'd have him come on and join us. This way he can give us a little update, a little preview of some of the things we're going to talk about tonight, get into his backstory because what you don't know is the guest today was actually the guest on our very first live Elevate Your Grind, except for the fact that we didn't know what the hell we were doing. We lost the video. So it's now the lost episode but we now know what we're doing. This will live in infamy, and I'm sure he's going to be back so many more times because he is a real friend, and he is an integral part of Cannabis Lab. So please welcome my good friend, Eric Stevens, the Executive Director of Florida for Care. Eric, welcome, man. What's going on, Todd? Thank you for uh, having me back. I, was, uh, I looked back for that uh, original episode earlier. It was right before the COVID hit, it's like stored back down. It was when we were at the HubSpark trying to get this thing March going. March 12th. Yep. March 12th, we filmed at the HubSpot and we did, we did my stupid tech panel that night that put everybody to sleep. But I remember the date. But oh, yeah, well, man. I, I think, you know, I, I think it's been great. Uh, you know, I think we've upgraded on, you know, a lot of things, whether that's camera, mic you know, what we've been doing, our guests, et cetera. Um, but, you know, I'm just kind of back to give a little preview and update. Obviously, we had the primaries the other day um, and a variety of other things that have gone on with the session and rules and everything else. So thank you for uh, having me back, and I'm glad to uh, continue to see us grow. Please, man, you have a spot on this show whenever you want. And, you know, I want to take this time because you do a show as well, too. You're doing your We Educate Wednesdays. And I love what you're dealing with that, man. You're getting the actual doctors to the table. Listen, I just find business owners and, and, and kiss their ass and tell them how great they are about their story. But you're really getting into, you know, you're really getting into the reason why we need this plant and the reason why it's so important and, and all the great reasons why it helps people. I get to do some of the fun stuff like, talking to the guys from driven yesterday and and learning how I can get cannabis delivered to the comedy club and the restaurant I'm going to eat at, even though we can't do that here, but you're doing the stuff that interests me the most. Um, you know, how have you enjoyed doing that show so far before we get into your background? Because I want everyone to start watching it. I think you do it for the most part on Wednesdays, but around the doctor's schedule, right? Yeah. I mean, we've, you know, we've tried to make it easy. Uh, we've mostly featured, you know, physicians, um, some of the longer term advocates and, uh, you know, some others that are working in and around the space, um, but really wanted to give, you know, I think the past two years, uh, you know, there wasn't really a favorable bill that got any kind of movement up in Tallahassee. There was a lot of negative things that were spread and proposed. And so I think having, uh, you know, some good people that are actually involved in the system that are actually recommending and working with patients and being able to get them to, you know, talk a little bit about that will at least allow for a little bit better perspective um, for whatever legislators 
want to, uh, you know, kind of look back and, and maybe hear an alternate perspective and from the people that actually live here and are part of the system and that are their constituents and the millions and 71% that voted in favor of this, you know, because I think, as I said last time, you know, we had to sue for whole flower for almost two years or more uh, to get that after passing an amendment and doing everything we did. And the next week, there was a bill filed to limit flour to 10%, um, which thankfully hasn't gone past, right? So it's just yeah. like, you know, you take three steps forward and, and, and four steps back sometimes. So it's just, you know, uh, I think we've been making great progress. Things continue. I think, you know, we've seen some good changes generally, or at least continued implementation, but we're still waiting on, you know, edible rules. We're still waiting on um, there's still not a seed to sale tracking system that's been fully done for the state. Uh, and so there's just a, a few different other things that still haven't happened. Forget any, you know, added conditions or future progress or kind of things like that. And that's been somewhat disappointing. So I think the show's been helpful, uh, in getting that voice out there. If patients don't know where to connect, if physicians are looking for, you know, uh, a place to, learn from some of the doctors and see what they've been seeing after they've taken a two hour course that may not have given them a ton of information to learn where the doctors are going to find out some more information to ask them about the cap. Um, you know, like I said, last time, you know, he was asked in, in, up in Tallahassee, if, you know, what the, where the major medical societies in Florida stood on this and, you know, yeah. had consulted. And so it's just, you know, I think at least we can have some other perspective uh, and, and some people that, actually know what they're talking about. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure there may not be, you know, the, the, there may be people that don't understand this. There's a lot of people that have taken into our course and decide not to participate or practice. And I think this is helpful in getting them to, uh, you know, have a place to go and, you know, learn some more, find out where they can go to learn more, um, where they can get CMEs, where they can do all that other stuff. Um, Generally, so that's kind of what the, the show's been about. It's been mostly Wednesdays at noon. Uh, we've tried to move it around based on you know physicians and other schedule. Um, so I'm excited uh, for uh, for what it's going to continue to do for hopefully what it's already become. And then you know I think there's been a lot of focus recently. You know uh, on you know the legislature meets early when it's election year, so that's what they did this year, and now they're back doing elections until after November. And then once that's done, you know, there'll be some thought again as to what this all kind of looks like. But, you know, until you know who's going to be a part of the makeup of who's up there that then makes the rules and and laws and everything else, it's a little bit hard to kind of crystal ball some of that, right? So I think that that it's been helpful to kind of give a little bit better background on, on the people that are participating, show a real face uh, to, to this and that, you know, these aren't just these like, you know, crazy bad people that are, you know, creating some sort of a pill mill system or something like that. Um, and, and I want them to just be able to have a face for who these, you know, people are for patients to know uh, where they can go. Um, you know, we've updated a little bit on the telemedicine stuff and the changes um, that we've pushed for to that it's happened during COVID and some of the other things. Um, and so it's been mostly, uh, mostly about that. You know, man, I, I think the work that you do with that show and just what you do with Florida for care in general is what this industry needs more of. Like, 
I even look at my own show sometimes and I think sometimes I lean into the stereotype a little bit. And like you said, when the, when the legislatures and the people outside are looking at this industry, they need to see a face to it. They need to understand the actual medical and wellness side of it. You know, even lately, I look at a show like last night. I don't know if you saw Growing Belushi. It premiered. I watched it at 10 o'clock and I'm just like, something clicked to me. I never thought would click. I'm like, this is not a good show for our industry because they really leaned into the stoner stereotypes. And like from an entertainment standpoint, it was great. You know, it was duck dynasty with pot instead of duck calls. But you know, I look at that and I'm just like, that's, I don't think that's the best foot forward for our industry, but the type of things that you do are, you know, you're sitting there looking and say, Hey, we can't have a cap on this medicine because we don't know the effectiveness. We don't know the right dosage and all that other stuff. We need to do more research around it. You know, what people probably don't know is that you were a big part of helping get cannabis legalized in Florida in the first place, too. And you're very much for the rights of the patient and to protect the patient. I I love how involved you are. I I get to have fun and be, you know, the face on this show and everything else. But you're doing the real work, man. Um, And, you know, I want to focus on that more. So I know you, you know everybody. You've gone up to Tallahassee, the lobby. We have an election coming up. Let's talk to people about the things that they should be looking out for, the things that concern you, um, and really just what people who are patients or are for this industry or even just want to understand more about it, the things that they should consider and look for going into this election. Yeah, I mean, I went up there years ago, uh, you know, and and I think was inspired. There weren't very many people that were up there and definitely not a lot talking about this issue. Um, it's a very confusing building to get around in if you've never been up there. Um, but, you know, uh, I think the first time I went up there I was with Jody James, who I had on uh, the show last week, and also Kathy Jordan. And seeing her go around in her wheelchair to all these different offices and going around with her and seeing all of the effort and that she was putting in, um, you know, made me think of the other hundreds of thousands of patients that were in the state that couldn't get up there and how difficult it was to get up there. And I think that was part of, you know, what was uh, helpful and inspiring towards that. And then, you know, seeing how far we've come from, you know, no one, you know, or, or one or two people sponsoring bills to, you know, getting, you know, full support on, on a lot of different hemp bills to getting, uh, you know, a, a, a huge amount of support on the majority of the good cannabis bills, um, but still not getting any real progress. Um, some of it was, oh, we don't want to change any laws until we've implemented everything here because that will just delay things with more lawsuits. Um, you know, some of it was, uh, you know, this just isn't a key issue right now. We can barely get a budget done. Uh, there was a whole variety of things. And so, to your question on the elections, you know, uh, there's different things for everybody. Uh, and we're going to talk about a, a lot about that tonight. But, you know, there's six constitutional amendments on the ballot. There's over 100 legislators uh, for the state and up at the federal level that are going to be on the ballot. Um, you know, two of those amendments are one is to make you have to put a constitutional amendment that's collected by voters on twice. So you'd have to vote on any election twice. And then the second one would make it so that the primary election, which we had uh, this past Tuesday, would be an open primary. And so essentially, the difference between that is a closed primary, uh, only registered Republicans and Democrats can vote on those specific elections. And then there's more open elections, which are open to 
you know, which are nonpartisan, which are more so like judges, property appraisers. Um, there's a variety of different, uh, you know, and then there'll be some local yeah. races where if there is no opposition in a registered party running, like there wasn't for the straight attorney race down here in Miami, that is open to everyone to vote in. So that's the only way you have an open primary right now is if no one runs in the other party. Um, but there's also sheriffs on the ballot. There are, uh, there's a whole lot of different things that affect people's lives more locally on, on a more everyday level uh, that yeah. you may not realize. And then there's, you know, the president, which I think is all anyone thinks is on because that's all any coverage has been on. And, you know, uh, that and, you know, I think there's a lot of changes happening with how people have voted, were voting, are going to vote, um, you know, and so we'll kind of get into that a little bit more and what's kind of changed for people as it relates to that. But, you know, like uh, the person who put the cap bill up in Ray Rodriguez was just in a primary against another Republican uh, and Heather Fitzenhagen, and he won overwhelmingly. Now, I don't really feel like anyone did anything to let people know really what his record was on this issue. Um, you know, any that there was any real opposition ca- campaigning has been a little bit odd, I think, for everybody in this time of COVID. You can't really go around and shake hands and raise money yeah. like they're doing. So a lot of the incumbents have either just won without any opposition um, or it's been really hard for a lot of the newcomers to to get a foothold. And so um, I think that that's, you know, those are the things that, you know, and everyone's obviously been focused on COVID and their family and their health and everything else. And so it's just not the top of mind for everyone. But I voted absentee multiple times before. Um, you know, it's something that is done well in Florida. They check the signatures. Um, there's not all of this widespread, all these widespread issues. I did it when I was in school too, because, you know, I was away at school and I had to vote, uh, during that time. And so, you know, uh, there's a variety of reasons to get involved, to make sure you're registered, to make sure that you've updated your location. When you get to the day of, if you haven't gone and voted early or voted by mail, you can only go to one location, right? So, uh, you know, there's almost a hundred in my city, you know, thousands in Dade County and Broward, uh, you know, and so just figuring that all out, if you've recently moved, if they may have closed one of those locations because it was at a school or it was at a senior center or something, um, there's a variety of different things that have gone on with that, that if people have gone and waited in line and gotten to the front of, you know, the line and then found out they're not on the rolls and have to go somewhere else. I, I posted an old video someone shared with me the other day, uh, of, Trump going to try and vote the day of, and he went to three different locations and they didn't have his name and he had to end up using the provisional ballot, which I thought was, you know, somewhat comical uh, with everything. Right. Uh, And so that, you know, I think just making sure that people understand that that is coming up, even if they miss stuff, this most recent primary to just kind of get informed on the other questions, because, you know, we still wouldn't have, even with 71%, we still wouldn't have medical marijuana to the extent we do, or it may be low THC or oil only, or these other things, have we not had an amendment to kind of go back on, um, you know, we still wouldn't have flour potentially. We'd still be in suit, you know, suing for that. There's a lot of different things that just wouldn't change. And, and, and I think I get that they want to, you know, limit that, but they're still allowing themselves to put things on the ballot. Um, and so, you know, and be voted on one time. And so, 
you know, maybe there's some opportunity there um, where we could say, let's let the people decide, you know, where this can go and things like that in the future. Yeah. Uh, that's well, for the most part what's been on. It's really interesting to me. So I, you know, I joined, I got into the cannabis industry, we'll call it last January, right? So just a year and a half, I've, I've tried to focus a lot on the state of Florida and I get the feeling, and I could be wrong, that basically since we passed smokable flour, that our industry has kind of been stagnant here in the state. There really hasn't been any changes to regulations except for the new testing standard, which, you know, unfortunately because of the labs, there's only a handful of them. It's created a bottleneck for the actual MMTCs to have product. Um, they're doing the best job they can. And I thank them for getting whatever they can to the shelves as quickly as possible. But, you know, outside of the testing changing, which was a positive thing, we're, we're waiting on regulations, edibles. There's no regulations around R and D. We have 14 or 15 companies operating. Everybody else is jockeying to buy those other licenses on the secondary market. So it's going to be a while before another company comes into the game. Not that I don't love the 14 that we have. I really do. I love each and every one of them. I'm proud that we have them. I'm proud that we have a Florida cannabis program, but in our industry just seems stagnant, right? What are the things that you're looking at that have been proposed to be changed or the things that you think need to happen to change and make it better? You know, what are the issues that you're looking at specifically on our cannabis industry? Because I feel like we're frozen in time and I'm trying to figure out, is it the flora grown case? Is it something else? What's going to take for our industry here in this state to move forward? So I think, you know, we've tried to really keep our focus on on kind of what's good for patients and physicians so whether um you know when there's bans that are happening in different places um i don't think that that's something that's progressing and helping our industry for the most no part. it's uh, going the other way i think you know and, and same thing with the with the 10 percent caps or the other things like that um you know we i think everyone you know, has been given a, that has these licenses has been given a, a massive task um, in, you know, having a large vertically integrated company in a massive state, um, figuring out where they're going to go, where they can go, um, trying to figure out, you know, uh, some of them with, with, you know, where, what they, what properties are available, what they can even do, how that may change even while they're in process of doing things. Um, there's been a whole host of issues that I think people have run into. And so I think they've been so focused on, you know, most of the companies that started here um, were mostly established here originally. You know, they had low THC licenses. Um, they weren't in other states necessarily. And so they were really starting from the ground up, um, which I give them credit for. But, you know, it, you know, creating and hiring and finding good teams and training and staffing. There's just a whole host of issues and things you need to focus on in addition to trying to get your market to, to, to product to market, get it tested, make sure everything's labeled correctly. You know, there's, there's, a, there's just so many different things happening there that I feel like a lot of them got very focused on that. Um, and we're so focused on the, on the licensing issue. Even some of the things that you mentioned um, those were all in the 2017 statute. They just took a while to do the rulemaking implementation. There hasn't been any new law passed. They've just finally gotten around to creating the rule from statute. So it's a, it's a little odd uh, in, in some capacities. But I think while everyone's been trying to do that, trying to figure out what products they can have, trying to make partnerships with other groups 
to increase what they do have available. I think that they maybe have been okay with, with what they're able to do. And so, you know, if they hear from the legislature, there's not a huge push to do these things, et cetera. Um, you know, there hasn't been really a full scale bill to, you know, a patient's right, anything like that, that kind of, you know, could, could be worked toward that I'd love to see kind of get, you know, some legs here. Because, you know, uh, with all the negative discussion, I think having some positive discussion and figuring out what the path forward for that is uh, needs to occur. And so, yeah, I think there's a variety of ways and strategies and other things that we've done in the past and, and want to continue to do. And I think the more that we can have um, the groups that are involved here or want to be involved here that want to keep progressing this forward, uh, you know, there is a whole lot more that needs to be done. I mean, from the patient physician side, I mean, there's getting out-of-state cardholders to have access and reciprocity. There's, you know, making sure that, you know, maybe we add some other conditions to make it a little bit easier for some of the doctors with paperwork. You know, maybe we are able to, you know, there's a whole host of different things that I think we would be able to work on, you know, lowering the card costs for at least veterans or getting rid of it, uh, you know, for veterans and low income and other things like that for, um, you know, figuring out, uh, what, you know, where patients are, are able to use safely, um, and, and some different other ways, you know, that we can do some things in the future, I think can happen. And I, and I think that everyone's kind of seeing and getting a little bit more corporately social or socially responsible and trying to work, you know, with a variety of groups that are in the space that have been in the space um, nonprofits, um, you know, different, uh, diversity and equity groups that are out there. I've seen a lot more of those interactions happening with operators. And I think that's good. And I think, yeah, I mean, there's other cases that, that other groups are working on that will open this up, but then that requires implementing statute and then it requires rules and implementation from there. Um, you know, we're almost at 400,000 patients, which should mean another four, uh, get issued as well. So, you know, it's it's interesting to kind of see where this will all go and continue under the current setup. But, you know, we've got almost, I think there's like 300 or so retail stores open statewide right now, you know, and the, the cap now is gone on the number of retail stores any of those operators could have. So, you know, the, you know, I think it's going to be interesting to see how that discussion progresses in the, in the future. But I think that's, you know, a lot of more of that is going to be on the legislature and talking numbers and states and what's worked and what hasn't. And, you know, I think as long as we are trying to focus on what's best for patients and physicians and making, you know, the system easier, you know, we had only about 60,000 patients, you know, about two years ago, you know, we've got almost 400,000 now, right? I think we need to find some better ways for physicians to be able to get educated. I'd love to have it so that physicians were, uh, you know, required in some way to take some CMEs related to this or had to, uh, you know, go, uh, you know, do some sort of additional things that, that would give them a little bit more information besides just a two hour course. And so I think that if there has been a little bit of that, I think that they've realized and seen these 10% bills get passed. A lot of them have been changing ownerships or management, as you mentioned. Um, they haven't been in the Florida market or they came in, they're not operating yet. They just don't, you know, they're trying to figure out how they're going to do any and everything, or some of them are, are not even planning to do anything and, and are trying to just flip. And so, 
you know, it's been very different from, you know, what I may have expected, you know, years ago to where it's become, but I'm definitely very proud of, of, you know, the, the number of patients that are helped, the organizations that are out there. Um, I think they have continued to build and get better um, at all the different things that they have been doing, but it has been a process. Um, they haven't necessarily had all the staff that are focused on all those different efforts. And so finding the best ways that they can kind of work on those and, and move forward, I think has been, has been, and will continue to be helpful, but you know, uh, whether it's, you know, the doctor, patient, caregiver, friend, um, or, or companies that are involved that, that we need them all getting more involved, being supportive. There's, you know, there's only a host of groups that have really been trying to push on this for a while. And some of them are definitely more adult use and legalization focused. And we've really always tried to stay medically focused on patients and physicians. We'd love to get additional research. Um, we want to continue to you know, delve into this with actual science and information, you know, not just, you know, uh, people making claims that there's no ability to refute um, because of lack of preparation. And so I hope, I, I hope and think that we will see that moving forward. Um, but I can, I expect there to continue to be negative bills filed. And I hope that we are, I hope that as a state, we think more ahead of it and get ahead of things so that we can provide that information um, and, and hopefully, uh, you know, once and for all, start getting some positive bills to get passed here. Because um, you're right. Yeah. Uh, I think since the smokable, uh, which he only passed, you know, after we went through, you know, two wins in court, uh, you know, there hasn't been a, there's been a variety of other bills filed for employment protections, which is a priority of ours as well. You know, we've got almost 400,000 people right now that want to be getting jobs. And so I think I'm going to take a tactic that I would love to see some of the localities, especially the larger ones in Broward and Dade. Um, now, I think they've done some great stuff with their LGBTQ uh, discrimination policies. Uh, and so there may be some uh, ability to do that at the more local level until the state does something like that, because you've got a lot of people trying to get jobs right now if they are patients or they had lost a job. You don't want that to be a reason that they were, uh, you know, discriminated for yeah. if they're not in a safety sensitive position, uh, and that they're, you know, they're not causing an issue uh, at, at, you know, using at work. Then, you know, they should be able to be employed and, and, you know, provide for their families and everything else. Yeah, man. I mean, listen, everything you said, I couldn't agree with more. You're just you're very smart about it, and you have a lot of insight, right? And everything that you're doing makes a hundred percent sense. If this is going to be a medical program. There needs to be research involved with it. It needs to, people need to figure out what works, what doesn't. There needs to be support, and we're not getting that right. We are, you know, I, I, I told you I talked to guys from California on this show, and it's a completely different market now. It is com more focused on adult use, and I don't think that we need to lean all the way over there. But you know, what would be interesting to me, and I'd love to get your opinion on this, is if maybe it's going to be the adult use market that's going to push the medical market. And the, the reason I say that is I'm wondering what it's going to take for the politicians to kind of take a step back and realize like, hey, we are in a global pandemic and the financial and economic fallout that, that is going to be caused by this pandemic has only just started to begin, right? You know, people don't just all of a sudden they close their doors and boom, they're out of business overnight. Some people were like that, but some people, they took a hit and maybe they opened back up, but they're not going to be able to recover or they may not be able to get back to where they were. 
and you know, tax revenue is going to go down. There's going to be a lot of things that are, are missing. You and I got an awesome opportunity to speak with Nikki Freed. Obviously, she's a big proponent of medical cannabis and cannabis programs. You know, with her influence, I'm wondering if maybe we hit a couple people in the head up on Capitol Hill and say, hey, we need to look at adult use. We're, we are a tourist state. And if that's something that we can capitalize on, maybe we bring in adult use and we tax it and the state gets to make money off of it. And then they're participating in it too. It brings innovation down here because it privatizes everything, right? And, and that's the thing I'm jealous about with California, not their massive adult use market. I don't need that. I don't need all these different brands and companies and everything else, but the ability to have innovative ways to access your medication, to be able to provide those to patients, the different delivery services they have, the e-commerce platforms and things of that nature. That's the stuff that really makes me jealous. So, you know, I'm wondering if, listen, government, we like to think they run on the goodwill of the people, but at the end of the day, they run on money. So I'm wondering if looking at an adult use market in the state of Florida to recover from the coronavirus is a potential because there's tax revenue involved. Love to get your opinion on that. So, yeah, uh, I mean, I've watched what a lot of other states have done. Uh, you know, I'm from Massachusetts originally. Um, we had medical there and then adult use. Uh, so I think two things. If, if the state was going to consider that, uh, they would be looking at, number one, the tax revenue that comes in, um, but also the jobs. Uh, I think I haven't really seen any reporters covering very well all the different jobs that have been created in, in this space um, that yeah. continue to be created. And I think if there was a study that also showed how that job impact would then multiply from there, um, there could be some potential. I think, you know, there's been some that say they don't want us to be known as the California or the Colorado or, or some of the other things uh, for whatever reason um, they feel that. But I think number one, if something were to happen federally and I think, you know, I, I couldn't think of a better policy for both candidates at the federal level, at the presidential level, everywhere right now to get behind. Um, it's not even an adult use legalization. It's let the states do their own thing. Yeah. Let the states decide. You know, you don't need, even if you decided tomorrow that it was legal, every state right now, I mean, there's still dry counties in different places for alcohol, right? There's, you know, there's yeah. still going to be local and state regulations that then relate to that. And so I think. Having something like that occur at the federal level, whether it's uh, you know one, getting a bill passed, and I think that's the other thing a lot of these uh, people have been focused on too is a lot of the federal changes that they'd like to make uh, in the different other states they'd like to go into and, and things like that. And so I think the more that either group looks at this issue, you know, I can't see how it's not a potential uh, thing that they would consider um, with with the numbers, but then you're going to also get the police groups, the other groups that say, well, enforcement costs go up, but then you may have tax revenue that you can put towards that. And so it's, you know, you're going to have to kind of weigh the, the pluses and the minuses and, 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 you know, it may be something that they'll look at. I know the governor has said that he's not in favor uh, of that in the state. Um, I don't know that he would veto a bill if they were to pass one. Uh, I haven't seen a reporter ask him uh, whether he would or not. Um, but I'd love to see people making sure that they're asking, you know, uh, both, you know, the, uh, you know, the former Vice President Biden and, and, and the people in the Trump administration, you know, what is their policy planning to be on this? Are they going to be, you know, working on states' rights? Are they going to withhold federal funds from anywhere? Are they going to deschedule, reschedule? What is their 
kind of timeline look like for any and all of this? And so I think that that is uh, a lot of a lot of the discussion that that will be happening here. But it kind of remains to be seen, you know, what that finality will will end up being. So you know, yeah, I, I think that they will definitely be considering it, talking about it. Um, you know, but even Mitch McConnell the other day when Nancy Pelosi said something about its therapeutic value, um, you know, he kind of made fun of it, uh, you know. And so I, you know, I, it's like, once again, three steps back, two four. I mean, you know, three steps forward. You had Hillary, Hillary Clinton said something about the New York Times writer, like, oh, she must have had too much of an edible when she wrote that story. Like, come on. You know, it, it, it's there. There's still, you know, listen, people on both sides of the fence, Democratic and Republican, they, they talk badly about it. But from my opinion, they talk from a place of ignorance. They talk from a place of knowing what this country has said about this plant for the past hundred years. And they're not willing to dig there. And maybe they don't have the time. I don't know, but they're not willing to dig their hands in as, as much as someone as you as. So I can imagine if they had some of the same experiences that you've had and some of the experiences that the people that we've talked to, especially the people on the medical side, that that's how they got into uh, being a cannabis supporter, that it would change, right? I, I don't know. That That's my opinion, but you're 100% right. We have a lot of people that are looking at this from an old point of view, which is why like, people think it's crazy because we're all young in, in this industry and, and we're fighting for it. And it's like, oh, these young kids don't know what they're doing. No, we know what we're doing. It's just we've had a different experience with this plant than you have. We've been able to do the research. We've been able to see what it does. And we don't have that reefer madness stigma in our head where it's like, no, this bad, this bad, no matter what. So it, it's really interesting to be on this side of it. And I love, like I said, I love what you do. And I love that you're always fighting for what's right. And you're doing it from the medical standpoint. So I, I want to transition to tonight. So I know that you're anchoring our legislative upstate update, upstate update. And it's, you know, it's always a great panel that we have. And, and you know, you're up there with some heavy hitters. What are some of the topics that you're really ex excited to explore tonight? So I think it's going to be an interesting discussion that, uh, you know, we're going to be able to have on kind of, uh, you know, we've got some other great speakers and, 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 you know, Michael Minardi, Christian Bax, um, Zach Coburn, others that have really seen, uh, this industry from all angles. And I think, you know, the discussion just with all the years of experience between the people that are on the panel have, um, especially for generally most of their age groups. And then relating to what the future may look like um, and understanding how these cases work, how implementation has gone, um, what potential things, you know, may change in the future, um, you know, what they've been hearing at the federal level. Um, you know, there's there's a whole host of things that I think are interesting. Michael Minardi is working on some great uh, legal cases and work, um, both for employment rights and other things. Um, that may take a longer amount of time, but hopefully can set some other precedents uh, too. And so I think uh, some expungement things, some other things that that he's doing as well that have been have been good. And you know I've known him for years as well. And so I think that it's been uh, I think it's been great to see. Uh, and, I, and I'm excited for tonight's panel. I think it's going to be you know a great discussion of kind of what we expect, why we've only seen negative bills. Um, you know, but I think it ties in. Uh, you know between the elections that are happening, who will be in, uh, in, in, you know, the different seats, then the leadership decides who the committee heads are, who usually lead the, 
you know, the health committees and the other committees that these bills would go through. And then they're the ones who really decide what bills get a hearing in Tallahassee. And so it's kind of a few people that are that are leading the charge and deciding whether some of these get a chance to go anywhere. Um, and so that will be interesting I, to hear kind of why everyone thinks we've only seen negative bills and, and where we expect to see some of these positive changes come from. Are they going to come from amendments? Are they going to come from standalone bills? Is there going to be some uh, overall glitch bill that uh, everyone can try and work on together? I, there's a variety of different kind of thoughts on on that and where it's going to go. So uh, I'm interested in hearing kind of what everyone's uh, thoughts are in relation to that. You know, I hadn't been uh, as focused on on the elections and everything else. And when I started looking into them the other day, it you know, it, it brought me back to my campaign days of, you know, realizing how little and how hard it is for people to vote normally and to know what Tuesday it is and to know who's on the ballot and find their information. So you know, we created a page on, on our site, uh, farbacare.org forward slash elections for people to just have those ready links to check where you can vote and all those other things. And we're going to try and continue to add uh, kind of where everyone's different policies have been, who sponsored bills in the positive or negative, who's voted positively or negatively. Um, that's one of the things I want to work on and uh, kind of hearing what everyone's thoughts are on maybe some of the new makeup of what they expect from the primaries that occurred. Because a lot of these seats are decided in the primary because they're such a heavily Democratic or Republican district. And so most of those have already been decided now, even if there is a challenger, um, it's probably going to be a blowout if you look at previous, uh, you know, voting in that in that area. And so th those things and, and how that may affect things, how the new speakers will affect things, any of the litigation, uh, what where they expect the timelines on some of that. I'm happy to, you know, hear more from all the other guests on kind of those issues and, and how we can try and continue to get good things for our patients and doctors. It, well, I'm excited for the panel tonight. The, you were on, you anchored the first panel I ever saw at C-Lab way back in the day at Silver Logic. Um, it was, it was very enjoyable then. I'm looking forward to watching the panel tonight. Uh, I think I have to run the zoom, so I'm going to be a little bit busy, but I'll definitely be paying attention, man. Um, listen, Eric, you are a wealth of information all the time when we want to get updates. And I think you and I need to do this more often, maybe once a month, once a quarter, we'll figure that out. But folks, you definitely need to, to head to the website, head to its Instagram. There's a ton of information there about the cannabis industry and all the things that Florida for Care is fighting for. They're here to protect our rights. Um, you know, we want to make sure that if we're going to do cannabis, we're going to do it right. I know that I am well known in the group when we did our leadership thing for saying, hey, we should just be thankful that we can walk into a dispensary and buy it. And uh, my opinion has since merged. I think the stuff that you do is extremely appointment important. And I think that the, doing it right and making sure that it's right the first time and not having to go back and fight for everything like we did for smokable flour is, is extremely important. So um, we're getting to the end here and I know you got a lot to talk about tonight, so I don't want to bring too much up, but let's, let's get all the promotions out. Let's tell people where they can find you and the information that you're providing. Yeah. So, you know, I, uh, I kind of stepped back and wanted to kind of focus, you know, after seeing how the negative things were going up in Tallahassee with this issue and, you know, really wanted, uh, I think to make sure that we had a good voice for the patients and physicians. A lot of people moving on working on some adult use things some hemp things some other things uh you know i just i felt still you know they still didn't have an industry group 
Um, and, and really having a, a, a patient and physician group that you're hearing from those people, not just businesses and their lobbyists and all these other people, uh, I think adds a different dimension. Uh, and I think that's how most of the people that I know learned and were able to understand this uh, and get to know people that, that really were affected and helped. And when they know someone that, uh, that they actually can understand the story behind or that they think is a good person or they know a little bit more about, uh, it's been able to change a lot of the ways that they think about this. And so I think being able to have those conversations and being focused where we are um, is, is hugely important. So floridaforcare.org, uh, you know, you can sign up for as little as 10 bucks a month. Uh, you know, we've got different, or you can give one time. Uh, you know, we want people to follow our, our Facebook page at Florida for Care, for Facebook, I mean, forward slash Florida for Care, Instagram at Florida for Care. Um, you know, we try to get a bunch of stuff out in our stories and our posts, um, whether that's new stores that are happening, uh, potential ways for patients to save money, um, you know, new laws or articles that are coming out, uh, cool different events that we uh, find out about or know that are happening or, or kind of the different things that, that we're trying to focus on uh, and make sure that people are just kind of informed and educated because I don't think we would really be here and continue to be able to have these conversations. And you know, I was told a long time ago, if, if we didn't have a constitutional amendment, that these laws can be changed every year. And so it's tough to have a continual policy of something to go back on. And so I'm glad that we have that uh, to look back on, no matter how long a lot of these cases have taken, uh, no matter how unhappy some people are, you know, uh, that whether they can grow their own or not and things like that. I think that, um, I've been trying to make sure that Florida for Care continues to push forward um, and, you know, make sure that this is something that patients want, physicians want, the industry supportive of, of the things that, that we're doing. And, you know, looking at the different other opportunities uh, that, that may be out there, but I still think this is uh, truly a very important thing to move forward. And so, uh, you know, I want to make sure that everyone continues to stay involved, um, can support where they can. Uh, and we'll try and get the information and, and do what we have done for years uh, to move this forward and, and make sure people have uh, ways to find information uh, and get themselves educated, know where the best uh, people will be speaking, know where to get good quality information, um, and then how to connect people as best we can. Dude, I, and I'm very happy that you're doing this. I'm, I'm glad to see how hard you're working at Florida for Care. And you've been an invaluable member of C-Lab, even more so than me. People see my face because I'm on this show every day. But Eric does a lot of the behind-the-scene work, does a lot of our panels. He was one of the first presidents in the Miami district. I think you're still the Miami president, even though we're kind of a COVID board now. Um, <laughs> kind of a COVID combined board, but Eric leads all those meetings and he's a very big influence for the reason that C-Lab is the way it is. And he's, you know, part of the reason that, that we're all so informed and that we're, has a lot of influence up to the Capitol, man. You're always up there and you're always fighting for what's right. So thank you for that. Go find him at floridaforcare.org. Any, any last things that we can share, Eric, or are we going to see you tonight? No, I mean, listen, hey, check it out tonight. Uh, check out some of the previous We Educates that we've done. Uh, sign up to get more involved. Give what you can. Uh, you know, we're going to try and keep uh, letting people know what's happening. Uh, keep people informed as this all moves forward. And, you know, happy to get back on and uh, to share more as we move this forward. 
uh, in a more regular sense. So uh, we can understand kind of where this is all going, when bills are getting filed, when, you know, we've really tried to do some calls to action to get people to write their legislators, contact people when there are things, but it's hard when you don't have a specific bill um, or anything that people know is going on and it gets added an amendment at the last minute. So the more that people can be on top of it and informed and be able to do those things, um, the better. So we're gonna try and continue to do that, partner people where we can, connect people where we can, and uh, you know, just try to continue to make the system better here. Cool, man. Well, I have a delivery from Cureleaf that's here, so I have to go answer the door, but I appreciate your time, man, and I will see you tonight. So thank you for everybody at home. This has been another episode of Elevate Your Grind. We're out.